We're continuing on in this series during Advent on some of the different titles of Jesus. This evening we're going to reflect on the word Lord. And now that I'm pointing it out, you're going to start to notice just how often we use this word. If you think back just since we began Mass this evening, think about all the times that we've either said or heard the word Lord. At the start of Mass, I said, the Lord be with you. We acknowledged our sins and we prayed, Lord, have mercy. Our opening prayer ended with, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. We responded at the end of the first and second reading with the word of the Lord. And then the gospel ended with the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we use this word all the time. But do we realize just how significant of a word this is? I think to help us get a better sense of just kind of the weight that this word carries, let's imagine that we are Jews who are living before the time of Jesus. So in those days, you wouldn't call God, God, the way that we do now. The Jews started out calling God Yahweh, because that's the name that God shared with Moses from the burning bush. But as time went on, the Jews developed this deep sense of reverence and awe for that name. And so they stopped calling him Yahweh and began calling him Adonai, which means Lord. And so if you're a Jewish person, you're saying the word Lord, you're talking about the one, all-powerful, all-holy God, okay? So if we fast forward then to the time of Jesus, we notice that throughout his life, everyone's trying to figure out who this guy is, right? Remember those conversations where they were asking, isn't this guy just a carpenter from Nazareth? So how is it that he's performing all these miracles? Who is he to be teaching with such authority? You had some people thinking then, as many still think now, that Jesus, well, he was a great teacher. He's a good role model. But that's it. Someone acknowledged that this was a holy man, maybe an important prophet. But that's it. Some had even come to realize that this was the Christ, the Messiah. But it wasn't until Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday that his apostles began to realize This is the Lord. Remember when the Apostle Thomas first sees the risen Jesus, he notices the holes in his hands, and Thomas exclaims, My Lord and my God. Then you have the Apostle John in the boat with the other apostles. When he notices the risen Jesus is there sitting on the shoreline, he tells Peter, It is the Lord. This is a huge shift taking place. They're taking that word that applied only to God, and now they're applying it to Jesus. They put two and two together and realize that Jesus is not merely some nice teacher, just kind of a nice guy. Jesus is God in the flesh. So that's the first important thing, but there's another significant thing that takes place as the early Christians began to call Jesus Lord. Because Lord was also the title of worldly rulers. For instance, the Roman emperor, Caesar, he would go by the title Lord. But now you have this claim being made that Jesus of Nazareth isn't just one Lord among others. He's actually, as the book of Revelation describes him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
And when St. Paul writes in his letter to the Philippians that every knee shall bend, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, he's implying that even the Roman emperor is inferior to Jesus. Which is why it's no wonder that Romans were so eager to put those early Christians to death. Now, if you think about just this weekend, we're blessed at our parish to have two adults from our community who are receiving sacraments for the first time. As I mentioned earlier, Karen Wagner, she's been a Catholic her whole life, but she's recently come back to the faith, and she'll be receiving the sacrament of confirmation this evening. Tomorrow at the 1030 Mass, we have Rodney Terwilliger, a teacher from our school who's going to be becoming Catholic. So he'll be receiving First Holy Communion as well as confirmation. And I don't know what your experience has been over the years, but I personally find adults receiving the sacraments to be a particularly powerful experience. Because when you're younger and you're kind of going through the classes, you're sort of going through the sacraments perhaps because mom and dad are making you go. Right? But these two adults this weekend had no pressure on them. Nobody's making them go. They're freely choosing to make this public statement that they're staking their life on the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they want to join all of us in glorifying God through worship and through bearing his witness in a world that so desperately needs it. And this is beautifully demonstrated in the part of confirmation where the individual gets sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've shared before that a seal, you think about kind of a fancy seal that's on certain certificates or envelopes. A seal is a sign of ownership. So in the old days, soldiers, they get sealed with a tattoo that basically conveyed, I belong to this army. I gave my allegiance to this leader. Well, in confirmation, we become soldiers for Christ. We become sealed with the Holy Spirit as we're saying, I belong totally to Jesus. I acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord of Lords, Lord even over the power of death. So I'm going to freely choose to give my life over to him and allow him to use me how he will to help lead others to him. And so as we pray for our two adults receiving sacraments this weekend, may their witness before us stir up in us who have already been confirmed this renewed desire to proclaim through our words and actions that Jesus Christ is Lord.